we have this week Parsha's bow and uh, this upcoming Shabbos Vav Shvat is my mother's yardsite and the shear is Lilui Nishmasi Mimarasi Sara Rezel Bas Dov Meir. She should have a Lichtiga Gan Eden, the Neshama should have an Aliyah, and she should be a Guta Better for all of the Mishpacha. We know that. In Parsha's bow, Moshe Rabbeinu once again stepped forward to get Paro uh, to move his position and finally let the Yidden go out. So when he, when Paro asked him, Mi va mi ha-holchem, who do you want to go out with you for this festival, for this holiday? He answered, Binarenu vizkeinenu neilech, our youth, our elders. And Paro answered him and said, Lochein, lechuno agvarim, only the men are going to go out. Ki osa tem mevakshim, because that's what you asked for. The Mephorshim all ask, where do we ever find that Moshe Rabbeinu only asked for the men? And he's claiming that it means only the men. So the Medrash says that Paro understood that religion are only the holy ones. And that he had the Hasaga of a Pusik in Tilim, even though he didn't know the Pusik, of Mi Yala Bahar Hashem, Umi Yokum Bimkom Kocho, the Pusik that the Balatanya said when he went to Mezhebush to go to the Kever of the Balshemtev, he first went to visit his old friend who became an antagonist, Rabbi Baruch of Mezhebush, the grandson of the Baal Shem, but he felt that out of courtesy and proper derech Eretz, he should go up if he came into the town to say Shalom Aleichem. And as he walked up the stairs of his house to get in to see him, he said, Mi yale bahar Hashem umi yokum bimkom kocho, that sometimes people achieve greatness through the accomplishments and the achievements of what they do. But a week later, they're suddenly different people because they pushed themselves to do some very worthwhile activity. But then to stay on that plateau was difficult for them. And they start sliding back. And that was the Pusik that he said. So the Medrash says that the idea of this Pusik, that mi yale bahar Hashem, that who can go up to the har Hashem, is what Paro had in mind, umi yakum kocho, you have to be holy. Moshe Rabbeinu answered him and said, no, that's your religion. That for the population and the populace, that it doesn't, uh, their hanhoga is different. 
than the holy, supposed holy, secluded few. But Moshe Rabbeinu answered him and said that it has, it is not, our religion is for everyone. And the way we cultivate and we motivate a religion is through the children because usually we talk about the elders, then we speak of the youngsters. But Moshe Rabbeinu said, Binarenu, the children, Uvizkenenu, and then he mentioned the elders. Because the whole tafket and tachlis of elders to be able to succeed in their lifetime is through the children and the grandchildren. What did they accomplish? What did they do? And who are they and what are they? So over here, he specifically underscored the fact that the that Yiddishkeit requires that the accentuation for what we do is binarenu. How do we mold and shape an atmosphere in our home that the Yiddishkeit should come to fruition with each and every child effectively. And that's the goal of our lives, that we don't leave anybody behind. Now, there is, and so therefore Paro felt that only the adults should be going. And the children... Moshe Rabbeinu answered, are not only included, but they're the first to be mentioned. Because the power of Yiddishkeit and B'nai Yisrael are the family unit, and it's through the children that we shape and mold the entire atmosphere. Now, in this sedra, we know that the last three makas took place, the Arba Choshech and Makas Bechoros, and that Moshe Rabbeinu was told by a Kodesh Baruch Hu, at midnight exactly. And Moshe Rabbeinu, when he repeated to the people, he didn't say as he heard from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He said around midnight. Hashem said which means exactly midnight. And Moshe Rabbeinu changed it. And he said, Kachatzos, around midnight. And Rashi brings that the Medrash, that Moshe Rabbeinu was worried about the naysayers and the cynics. Because if he said exactly midnight and somebody had a watch and the watch was off by a minute, The Medrash says that Shema Moshe Badoihu, that the cynics would say, he fooled us. He fooled us. 
He said 12 o'clock exactly, and look at it, it's a minute before. Our, the clock was wrong, but that wouldn't, wouldn't be what he would say. He would just say, Moshe Rabbeinu, you see, is not straight with us. Look at the time. That's what Rashi brings in the Medrash. So the Mephorshim ask, after all of the obvious miracles, did Moshe Rabbeinu have to really give heed and be concerned about some cynic who would be the wise guy to turn the situation into negativity? And the answer is the Mephorshim say yes. Because that is the koyach of the Samach Mem, the Yetzirah. Somebody could get up and give a 45-minute drusha, and the people are spellbound, and they are saturating and inculcating to their hearts and neshamas every word that's being said, l'shem shamayim. And everyone, when the drush is over, stands up and they're thinking, wow, what a beautiful 45 minutes. And one guy in the back says, oh, it was a beautiful drusher, but eh, who needed to hear about? And with that one hand wave and that one do away with, the cynic and the naysayer could do away with half of the effect of the speech with his comment afterwards. So Moshe Rabbeinu felt that it's not the time of Geula, they were still in Mitzrayim, and that it was very possible, despite all of the beautiful, the lustrous, magnificent, magnificence of the of the Nisim, Lamal Minateva, that was taking place, that it would be diluted. So therefore he cushioned what HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, and he took on his own shoulders to change what Hashem said because of his concern about the wise guys. And we have to always give heed realizing that something could be worthy beyond question. The action, the communal activity, the drushes, the different, different things which are pure. But then what about the cynic who's going to undermine it and pull out the carpet? So we have to have in the back of our minds how to respond, how to say, because before Mashiach, we always have to take heed for what will be said and how will it be said. Now, we know that in Parsha Shemos, there was mention of taking of borrowing that each dabber no ba'oznei ha'om now ain't no, Rashi says is elabakosha 
In other words, Hashem was saying to Moshe, I'm begging you, make sure to tell the people that they should go take all of their things. And as we know, this was Parsha Shemos. It doesn't say from his friend. It just says from his neighbor. But in our Parsha, it says from his friend. And the Chidushi Arim points out that it went from one expression to the other because during the three days of Choshech, the darkness was thick. It was like cement. For the Yidden, it was just like our darkness. You could move in the darkness. But by the Mitzrayim, they were stuck where they were. The darkness was like cement. So if they were sitting at a chair at the table, they were able to continue sitting. And they had no choice. And if they were in bed, they stayed in bed. So what happened for the three days? So the Medrash says that the Yidden had Rachmanus on them. These were the people who were beating them to a pulp during the Avoida. And now they had them in a position that they couldn't move. So they had no way to eat or drink. They couldn't take a cup. And it was the Yidden who came in and took the cup and gave them to drink and gave them the food to eat. And that's why it says here, Me'es Reusa from his friend, because they became appreciative that they're only alive because the Yidden allowed themselves to be gracious and to feed them. So at that point, they were taking the gold and silver and all four, 80% of Yidin died who had never believed in Geula and Hashem wanted it during the three days of darkness so that it wouldn't be a chil Hashem that the Mitzrayim would see all the funerals because they were stuck in their position. They weren't outside, they weren't moving. And they would say, ah, you see, we died and we this, these plagues that are coming. But look at the Jews, they're dying also. So therefore it was in the Shloshes Yemei the three days of darkness, that they couldn't see any of the funerals taking place. And the question is asked, why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu say, I'm begging, please, ain't no elobakosha. So some say that Hashem felt that they really didn't deserve the money. But since he told Avram Avinu that they're going to be in servitude and afterwards they're going to go out with a great wealth, stock of wealth, so therefore he had to have the Yidden go out with it to keep his word what he gave to Avram Avinu. Some say, like the Chedushia Rim, that the Yidden never had the test of money. And money they were afraid of. They were afraid that who knows how we will live as Yidden with all that money. Each one, the Medrash says, left with 90 donkeys filled with silver and gold. Every Yid left with 90 donkeys with silver and gold. 
as a payment. And the truth is they worked for 210 years. They were entitled to be paid. So this wasn't stolen money. But to cushion, why should it say borrow? It just should have said take. It said they should borrow, v'yishalu, and they should borrow. To cushion in their minds that it's not so bad to take. Don't be worried about the test of money. Money can either elevate a person, he can do seductive and tremendous, tremendous chesed, and the Yetzirah is not happy with it because it's a tremendous opportunity and elevation for a Yid to be in that position. But at the same token, we know what happens to a lot of people. They get wealthy and that's it. The Yetzirah has them in their hand. They don't want to give money. They don't want to see people. They become new people. And that was the concern of the Yidin a new entity. We never possess this kind of, of life and, and, and wealth. So that was their hesitancy. And that's why HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to ask in a way like he was almost begging them to please do it. Otherwise, my promise to Avram Avinu is not valid. Now, we know that they went out with 90 donkeys and the only animal as the end of our parsha talks about that has a kedushas bechor that means every human being a yid whose father or mother is not a koyen or a bas koyen or a bas levi that they are able to have kedushas bechor and if you don't have a pidgin haben, then the halach is you're never allowed to ask that child to go bring you napkins or bring you seltzer because he has a din of kadosh and kedushas bechor is still on him. After the pidgin haben, then he was podui. That means it belonged to the koyen, but you bought him back. You gave the five silver coins. But if he didn't give the silver coins, he remains a kadosh. Now, that was for all Yidden, and it was for animals. But it did not include any treif animal, except for one, the actual chamor, which is treif. And the Torah says that it has kedusha of a firstborn, and you have to be poid to him, and if you don't, you're not poid to him, you have to chop off its head, because it can't be used. So the Swasemis asked that we know when the dogs didn't bark, they got tremendous reward that all treif meat should be thrown to them. And we throw the, the meat to them, but they never got Kedusha's Chamor. Like the Kedusha of a Chamor, Kedusha's Bechor. That means we only made an exception for the Chamor and not for the dogs. And says the Swasemis that the reason is because the Chamor 
schlepped for a yid. And when somebody schleps for a yid, he becomes a kadosh. And it's true that the dogs did a tremendous thing. They held back their, their, their barking, and it even says that that one of the Tanoyim, the Talmud of, of uh, Reb Hanina ben Doisa was one, he fasted 40, 50, uh, 85 days to find out the secret of why a certain Mizmar when Mashiach will come will be said by the dogs. And the answer they answered him from Shemayim was because he held himself back from barking. And a person who has a natural teva, to do something, and dogs bark, and here there was a, in Mitzrayim, screaming, yelling, all the firstborns, every house had a dead body there. And the dogs didn't chime in and bark, they broke their teva, and breaking one's teva is the greatest thing seen in heaven. So we say, the trefa, bosu trefa, la kelev tashlichen but to become a kadosh, those dogs kept quiet, but they didn't schlep for the Yidden. And the Chamor did, so he got Kedushas Bechor, and it has to be removed from him if you want to use or have a Chamor do work for you. Now, the the Pasuk says when, when the Arba came and the, the locusts were all over the place. So the Pasuk says, Asher lo ro'u avosecha va'avos avosecha that there are going to be locusts coming that never did your fathers or your grandparents see such locusts ad hayom until this day. And the Svasemis points out that as the Svarim bring, that there was tchias mason for all the fathers and grandfathers of the Mitzrayim to see these locusts that came about, Tzvah says it, that if the Pesach says, Asher lo ro'u avosecha v'avos avosecha, ad hayom azeh. Ad hayom azeh means until this day, but this day they will see, which means they, they were all dead. They came back. So, the... Zayr HaKadosh in Parshas Bullock says something that most people know, that when there is a chasna, the chuppah, the grandpad, up till three generations come back from Gan Eden, the Zayr HaKadosh says, Kutsha Berichu HaKadosh Berichu Ushchente and the Shechina even though they're dead, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu grabs them out of Ganeiden and brings them to the Chuppah, the Zoyar HaKadosh says. So by Yidin, if 
there's a simcha. Their parents and grandparents, the Baal Shem Tov said he will come to ten generations of his Enochloch and be there under the chuppah. But commonly, for regular people, it's three generations that come. Now, the Rishoyim are brought back to see how their children are suffering. Because there's a rule that if a Yid has a cheshben, that he wants to do something good. And he was not fortunate to be able to bring to fruition the good that he wanted to do. But he gets credit. That means a person is driving his car and he has food for eight families, and he's on his way there. He wants to bring it. He got them cooking it and bringing it. And he had a flat tire. And it was a snowstorm. He couldn't drive the car. So the food never got to these people. But the Zayar Kodesh further in Parshbolik says, why do they have a schus to come down? Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes into Cheshben all the things in their lifetime that they wanted to do, but sincerely could not do. That means, it doesn't mean, well, I want to learn Shas, or I'm going to learn a parak of Mishnayis for my father, or I'm going to do this or that, and never does it, because he's busy watching television, or he's busy watching videos, or that doesn't count. But if a person wants to do, and he honestly could not do it because of some exterior, some out reason, he is given all of those chosim, and it's those chosim that bring him to the chuppah of his children. On the opposite side, Rishoim do not get a schus for what they want to do, except when they want to do bad. That means if they're going to a house to kill 10 Yidden, and they got stuck, they couldn't get there. On their record, it's that they killed the, the Yidden. It's Mitzaref Lemaisa for Goyim, Rishoim. So it's those Mitzaref Lemaisa that bring them back to see the bad that's happening to their children and grandchildren. So says the Zohar Kodesh, and so explains the, the Svasemes in this Indian of Yidden coming back for good and the Goyim coming back for the bad. And that's the reason that the Zohar Kodesh says that they were able to have a Medr, says, Tchias HaMesim of the dead of the Rishoyim, just to come back to see how the type of locusts that ended up in Mitzrayim, because they never had such locusts in Mitzrayim. The Pasuk says, Asher lo ro'u avosecha va'avos avosecha. Miyom heyosom al ho'adama. That the ad hayom hazeh. 
But until this time, they did see it, the locusts that were now produced. And that was the Chiddush of the Svasemes bringing the Zohar Kodesh and reflecting the difference between what Yidin could or would see in their lifetime. Now, during the Arba, the locust, it says there's no discussion of any women. When Moshe Rabbeinu, during this discord, during these psukim, Paro asked them who's going to go, and he answered, V'narenu v'zkenenu neda, v'vanenu v'vnosenu v'tsonenu v'vkarenu, our cattle are not, but women are not mentioned. Why was that? So the answer is because Mephorshim say that there was a certain Tumah that existed in Mitzrayim, that that Tumah had the women go, gone out for a holiday that they would have been able to dispel this Tumah and they could have remained in Geula forever. And Paro was massing this. Like we find, it says in the Sedra that Moshe after the Makkah, um, Paro said to Moshe Rabbeinu that Lo Osef Osta Liros Pana, you're not going to see my face anymore. I don't want you here. Kibiyom Ros Panai Thomas, because the next day, next time you come here, you're going to die. So the Arizal explains that in power, Paro, there were tremendous Chalke Kedusha. And the, the Halach is that a person is not allowed to look into the face of a Russia. So what was the heter for Moshe Rabbeinu to go in and to look at Paro? Because every time he went in, says the Arizal, he was taking out like a magnet, the Chalke Kedusha from him. But Paro himself knew this, and he knew that after a certain point that Moshe Rabbeinu took out all the Chalke Kedusha. Now it says in Zohar that when somebody falls from their Madrega, they're called Vayamas, that they died, because they're losing their Kedusha, they're going down, down, down. So Paro said to Moshe Rabbeinu, all the Chalke Kedusha are out of me. So you shouldn't look at my face ever again, because the day that you look at my face, Thomas, you're going to start falling from your madre because you have no heter to look at me. I'm a Russian, you're not allowed to look at me. So says the Arizal. And Moshe Rabbeinu answered him and said, yeah, Cain Dibarta, you're right. I realize now that I finished the job, Lo Osif Odros, I'm not going to see you again. I'm not coming back because I have no heter to come back to see your face. So likewise, the 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 Yidden, if they went out, where Paro wanted to eliminate the women because he knew that the women are the backbone of the Ruchnius of the husband. 
That means we say, for instance, that this chos of Parnassa is from the wife, from the woman, and in many practical, simple situations, every day, a husband can say, you know, I don't want to get out of bed, I'm too tired for the minute. The wife will be pushing him out of the bed to make sure he davens, that she's a very good, potent force in the life of the husband. And so, likewise, had she gone out with the man, Power realized that they're never coming back. That was really the plan, because we see that when they left finally Mitzrayim, they didn't come back, and there wasn't any discussion of that. But to make it a little more palatable to Paro, we're going out just for three days to celebrate. But had the women gone, he was hoping they would come back. And when he realized they left for good, they took everything that he chased after them, and he ran after them to try to catch them. So he said that the women will not go. The Mephorshim say the Kadmonim bring that the women had that special magnetic effect to pull that koyachatuma that was hanging over them away from the men, and then they would have been zoichet to geula. So he didn't want the women to go. But Moshe Rabbeinu insisted that everyone uh, should be able to go. Now, we know that in this sedra, it says, that means that they were told to take from the blood of the carbon and smear it on the mashkov on the doorpost. And that remained a shmira for us. The Indian of mezuzah takes its strength from that original doorpost in Mitzrayim. Now, there was another tzivui told to them at that point that al ish mi Pesach beso ad haboker, that they're to put the blood on the mashkov and they're to close the door and stay inside. The Zoyar Kodesh says that there were three times that people were told not to look outside. Noyach was told that the people shouldn't look through. There's two opinions if it was a diamond or it was a window. But even according to one window, it was for them to have the light come in, or they got the light from the diamond. But not to stare outside what was doing, how people, because they themselves, the Zohar Kodesh says, deserved the din also. And looking at it would have dragged them into the realm of din, and they would have been destroyed. The second one was the wife, was Lot and his wife. Don't look back because a chesed is being done with you and you were really pretty bad yourselves 
and you did not deserve to be saved. You're being saved because of Avram Avinu. And if you look back, then the Midas Hadin will have its effect on you. And the wife looked back, and she became a pillar of salt because she looked back, the immediate Midas Hadin fell in. And the third one was Lot. I mean, the, the Lot was the case of, of with his wife. And... And in the triumph, what we're talking about, that they were told, close your doors, al ish mi Pesach peso, you're not to go out ad haboker until the morning, after everyone was already killed, because if they would have gone out, and they were a bukhar, they would have been killed also, because they were not tzaddikim, halalu ovdei avodazorah, halalu ovdei avodazorah, each were in that category of being able to be affected by the Midas Hadin. So we have three. We have Noyach, we have Lot, and we have in Mitzrayim. So the question that is asked, and in 10 weeks it's Pesach, so you could remember the, the thought that the Seder is supposed to be a replica of what happened in Mitzrayim. We drink the kosos, l'zecher this, l'zecher that. We, we, we do everything, eat the matzah, the marah, everything we do in connection with the shibud mitzrayim and the fact that we went out. So the Mephorshim asked a question, if that's the case, that it's supposed to reflect mitzrayim, why do we open the door for Elio? The whole thing was al yetzay ishmi pesach. Keep the door closed. Why do we go and we open it up? So the answer that they say is because, like the Sasemis says, why does the pasuk say ad haboker till the morning? Morning means geula. That mi pesach the darkness of, of golos ad haboker that until Mashiach comes. And that since the Segula at that moment in the Seder, and we go and we say, Baruch Haba Elio, who's Elio Anavi? He's the one that's going to be Mavasa the Gula Shlema. So we're in the realm for those few minutes of Gula because we're welcoming in Elio Anavi. And at that moment, Mashiach could come. So therefore, we opened the door because Araboker, that that's a reference to when Mashiach will be here, that we could open the door Araboker at the time of Geula. So that is a word that you could use at the Seder, the difference of why we do open the door, and it is not a reflection of the Seder of what happened at Zion, because the tafkid of the whole thing was to go out for Geula, and opening the door represents that. Now, I want to say to you that we know that the first mitzvah for Klal Yisrael was Hachodesh Hazel Lochem Rosh Chodoshim. 
that the Chodesh of Nisan is the first month of the calendar year, and that's why some boys can say, on the English months, you're not allowed to write one for January, because if you're saying one, the Pasuk says, So the number one is Nisan, not January. So you shouldn't, you should avoid it, you just write the word January or whatever. But the Vilna Gon said that we know that to fast on Rosh Chodesh, you're not allowed to fast. And during the days of a month, you are allowed to fast. But there's an exception, the month of Nisan. Nisan, the first day Rosh Chodesh, it's like Tanis Tzaddik, and there's many people who fast on Rosh Chodesh Nisan. But the days of the month of Nisan is also Betainus, it's also Behespid. You're not allowed, the whole month has a month of Kedusha above a certain level, and there is no eulogies or there are no uh, fast days. But the first day of the month, the Rosh but you're allowed to fast. So the Vilnagon touched, translated. Hachoydesh hazel lochem, this entire month of Nisan, Hachoydesh hazel lochem, Rosh Chodoshim, has the halacha of every Rosh Chodesh, you're not allowed to fast, and you're not allowed to say a, a, a hesped. But Rishon hu lochem, but the first day of Nisan, lechol chodshei hashana, have the flavor and the halacha of l'chol chodshei hashana that there is a Indian <coughs> of all of the months of the year. That means the first day, Rosh Chodesh, you're allowed to fast. And that is an exception for a Rosh Chodesh. That's l'chol chodshei hashana. Have it has the halacha like all the days of the other months of the year that you could fast and you're allowed to fast and many do fast. I want to give over to you a story very briefly. I don't usually tell Sipuri Hasidim or Tzadikim. But the Rosh Chodesh Shvat uh, is tomorrow night, and the Bnei Sosker says it stands for Shomrim Borachem Taharim, or Shenishma Bisuros Tovos. So it's a month of Segula, and Hamish Aser Ba'av the Arizal says it's Mahapach from Din, the whole Chodesh of Teves. And the first two weeks of Shvat, since we passed like Beis Hillel, and the Rosh Hashanah Le'ilonos is on Chamisha Osir B'Shvat, not like Beis Shammai, who says it's on Rosh Chodesh. And it will be on Rosh Chodesh. After Mashiach comes, we're going to passkin like Beis Shammai. But now it's Chamisha Osir B'Shvat, and it's Mahapach from the din of those six weeks to Chesed and Rachamim. 
And from that day, we are able to have a three month, four months, says the Arizal, Purim in Ear, Pesach in Nisan, Pesach Sheni in, I mean, I'm sorry, not Ear, in Odor is Purim. Then Nisan is Pesach, Ear is Pesach Sheni, and Shavuos is on in the month of Sivan. And says the Arizal that that all draws its strength and courage from Hamisha Osir Bishvat. But since in essence we're going to pass in Liyasad Lava like Beishama, he holds that from Rosh Chodesh the Yemei Rachamim begin. So that Segula comes to us um, on Rosh Chodesh Shvat. And there are two outstanding um, yard sites, Rav Zusha Meyanapol on Beishvat, Tuesday night, uh, Monday night, Wednesday, and uh, Monday night, Tuesday, and Rav Moshe Leib Sasavar, Tuesday night, uh, Wednesday night, Thursday, Dalid Shvat, he was Nifter in 1807. And there was a Yid who came to the Mizritcher Magid and said, Rebbe, I am out of Parnassa, I don't have any money. And what should I do? So he said, you should go to this and this city, which wasn't too far off. And he took a wagon, got a ride to the city. And the first person that you meet, you should respond to him, to his suggestion. Now, the man didn't know, was it going to be a business suggestion or was going to be some other type of encounter? But he didn't question, he just went to that other town and he was able, and it was blistering cold, it was freezing, and it was dark and there was no one in the street. And he began to walk, he didn't know where he should stop, who he should go to, where he should stay overnight, and he decided to just start walking and something may come, someone may come his way. And after he began walking in the darkness of night, suddenly an old man came up to him and said, I am freezing, but there's a place that I could buy a hot drink. And the man said to him, I have three coins. One was to buy challah for Shabbos. One was to buy wine for Shabbos. And one was to buy candles to bench lich. But there have been times that we didn't have the wine. We just ate the challah and made kiddush on that. So I'll give you my coin for the wine. And he did. And he went off, this old man, and bought himself a hot drink. And around an hour later, the man was still in the cold of the night, and back came that old man. And he said to him, I want to thank you so much. You have no idea that the coin you gave me, I bought this hot drink. Every part of my body became warm. (coughs) Excuse me. 
and I'm wondering if you would give me another coin. So the man thought there were Shabbosas that they had nothing to eat. He wouldn't be able, he gave the coin away for the wine, and he get, he's going to give now the coin for the challah. He went, okay, but I'm going to do it. This man seems so cold. And he gave him the coin, and he went and bought another drink. But a half an hour later, he came back to the man and said, you saved me, but I'd like another coin. And he said, that I can't give you because it was for benching lichten. That's so unbiased, it'll be pitch black in the house. And the Gemara says when it's pitch black, you can bump into each other. There can be fighting. There can be difficulty. So I can't give you. And at that point, it was Ramosha Leib Sassifer, the old man, who was a Baal Ruach HaKodesh of the highest level, and that Sadiq Gomer, and he said to the man, because you gave me the first coin, you will be rich the rest of your life, every day, to the end of your life. The second coin you gave me, your children, all of their lives will be gevirim adirim, fabulously wealthy. And Rav Zevin brings the story, and he writes, and these were of the richest Jews around. Had you given me the third coin, it would have been not only your children, but everyone from your family, Tomashiach, would have been rich. And this man became fabulously wealthy, fabulously rich, and so were his children. Zechuso Yogen Oleinu. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.